0: What's up, everybody? Josh Tapp here again, and welcome back to the Lucky Titan Podcast. So today we have John Livesey on the mic, and we're so excited to have John here because he started his career going around the world and speaking and sharing and training about sales. So John wrote the best-selling book, Better Selling Through Storytelling. He also did a TEDx talk that reached over 1 million views. John is the master of selling. And for that reason, we brought him on the mic to share with us how to make your client the hero of your story. So, with that, John, let's hop right in. All right, John. So, tell us one thing about yourself that most people don't know.
1: Josh, one thing that most people don't know is that when I was a competitive swimmer, I was also a lifeguard. And I had to save a little girl one hot summer day back in the suburbs of Chicago. And that event, Changed my life. The lesson I learned it impacted my entire career.
0: So, what are some of the lessons learned from? That? I mean, was it just like the the fear of it? I mean, there was there's probably a lot of lessons to learn there.
1: Well, the big <laughs> one is don't panic, stay calm. Okay. And so, when my lifeguard training kicked in, when I saw somebody flailing, I, you know, if we both were panicking, it wouldn't serve us. Right. And then years later, when I got laid off, that's another you know, your adrenaline's rushing, fight or flight response has kicked in. And I remembered my lifeguard training some 20 some years later, don't panic, stay calm. And that is what allowed me to get rehired and win salesperson of the year at Condé Nast. So that lifeguard lesson is a big aha that most people don't know uh, where I first learned that.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I was saying that translates well into the rest of your career (laughs) and life in general, right? (laughs) Exactly. Keeping cool under pressure. Well, awesome. So let's, let's hop in. I'd like to hear a bit about your story, you know, kind of your background and you've already told us a couple things that gave it a, a pretty good, pretty good indicator.
1: Well, I grew up as you I mentioned in the suburbs of Chicago and I learned those life lessons uh, about not panicking, staying calm, uh, showing up, doing what you say you're going to do, all that integrity mindset kind of thing. Um, I first started my career after getting out of college um, in Silicon Valley selling multi-million dollar mainframe computers for companies who were mostly buying all IBM. And IBM right. would say to them, listen, if you buy anything that's not IBM, we're going to point the finger at the other vendor, which happened to be me, and if something breaks, we're going to blame them and you'll get fired. Wow. That was my first aha of fear, <laughs> uncertainty, and doubt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that I could have the best product, it could run faster, be less expensive, but if there's some psychological reasons going on, no one's going to buy. Right. So I had to learn how to tell stories to start of, you know, understand their feelings and the empathy started to kick in listening and telling other stories of other people who had that mindset at first and what made them change their mind. Um, and then I moved down to Southern California and worked for a small ad agency um, creating commercials for movies coming out on DVD that had been in the theaters. And I really honed in on my storytelling skills there. Cause you had a two hour movie you had to learn how to get down to uh, 30 seconds. And then I would take those commercials out to studios to convince them to hire us, um, to be their creative agency. And I loved doing that. And then I went on to sell, um, media for big companies like Condé Nast, which is GQ, Vanity Fair, Wired, W, all that stuff. And, uh, I love doing that because I'm a big passionate guy about photography, so every issue was different photographies to bring to life and sold ads to big companies like Lexus and Guest Jeans. And um, then around 2008, the big turndown came and luxury advertising went away pretty much. And I got laid off along with all the other people in the outside offices from New York. And again, I didn't stay in the panic zone. And I said, would you like a status report? So I could show you, you know, where the ads are supposed to run after I'm gone. And she said, wow, everybody's so mad they're just leaving. But yeah. And that's what allowed (laughs) me to get hired back two years later. And then I ended up winning salesperson of the year after being laid off. And I went, wait a minute, I'm the same person. Whether I'm getting laid off or winning this award. So that was my big aha moment of, hmm, what... Is going on. How can I let my self esteem go up and down on a roller coaster based on outside things? And I decided not to do that anymore. And more importantly, how to help other people get off that self esteem roller coaster. And um, I've started, you know, for the last several years, giving keynote talks to companies, sales teams in particular, on how to use storytelling as a way to become magnetic and pull people in, which then ultimately allows them to get off that self esteem roller coaster personally and not burn out. Yeah, which is
0: incredible. And so you've, I mean, I, I know I mentioned this in the intro, but you've already, I mean, you've given a TEDx talk, you've gotten over a million views on, you've written books, you give keynote speakers, uh, keynote speeches, excuse me. I mean, you've, you've already been giving this, uh, this platform, I guess, all across the world. So tell us a little bit about your experience with that and, and how you are able to get into
1: that realm. Well... I started my first speaking about 15 years ago, and I would be calling on big advertisers like Land Rover and Jaguar and some of the fashion brands. Yeah. And my job was to say to them, that's when my first book came out, um, you know, run your ad in this publication. Um, the ideal audience will see it and put it on their short list of cars to test drive when they're in the market for a new car. And then the added value was, the magazine bought copies of my book, gave it to the sales teams at Land Rover and Jaguar. And then I gave a talk to them on how to sell to the luxury market. So the ad would push traffic into the dealership. And then my talk and book would help them close more sales um, because of them learning what I was talking about, like not taking rejection personally and staying in the moment and all that good stuff. Um, And that's really what launched my um, speaking career. And now to the point today is, I've really found my niche because there's so many companies that had to do what I had to do where Alexis would say, okay, you know, the 50 magazines we looked at we've narrowed it down to five to come in and we're going to run in two. Yeah. So that bake off shootout interviews, lawyers call it a beauty contest. Any company that has to do that one hour in-person presentation pitch interview, that's really my sweet spot of how to use storytelling as a way to, Become memorable because one executive CEO of an international search firm said to me you know we ask if we can go last out of the three thinking whoever goes last is the most memorable but we can't control the order we go in right said, but you can control who tells the best story so even if you go <laughs> first you will be memorable with a great story and that's what people remember is the stories of what made you become an architect or an executive recruiter? Tell me a story of how you helped another client. That's just like us. And here's the secret sauce, Josh is when people see themselves in your story, and by the way, you're not the hero of the story. Your client is you're the Sherpa or like Yoda in star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and so they go, Oh, you helped another airport redesign and, and there's some problems and you fix them. And now that airport sales are up and, uh, they're getting press in the New York Times. Yes, that's what we—that's what we do. Oh well, then your closing question at the end of your presentation is: Does that sound like the kind of journey you'd like to go on? It's not this heavy-duty sales. You want to buy. You want to buy.
0: Right. You, you're not even hardly worried about the ask because they're asking you.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Wow, that yes, yes. that's awesome. I just have to repeat that for our listeners because that really struck me as gold. Mm. That so your client is the hero of your story, not you, right? You're not the hero of your story. Yes. That's that's so awesome. Well, let's let's delve further into that. I mean, that's one of the reasons I brought you on this podcast. You you are the king of storytelling. Uh-huh. <laughs> so your book, right? The better selling through storytelling. I I'd like you to delve into kind of what it takes to to have a good story and honestly why you need a good story. We've already kind of touched on that a little bit, but you know, how do, how do we create that better story for our own sales
1: messages? Well, well, good stories have four elements to it. An exposition, you paint the picture. So people know it. this happened last week, last year. Uh, where am I? Who's in the story? What's going on? And then you describe a problem. The stakes have to be somewhat high, a little bit of a drama, hopefully. Uh, and then you resolve the story. You could give a solution. And then the secret sauce, again, is the resolution. What's life like after? So I'll give you a quick example when I was working with Gensler on their story of how they helped another airport, it said, you know, three years ago, we were called in by JetBlue at JFK to renovate that wing. And the problem was over the course of the time, we had to rip up all the floors in the middle of the night and make sure it was all done by 9am so that the stores could open without losing any revenue. So we had all our vendors on call and at two in the morning, sure enough, a fuse blew, but we had somebody there to fix it in 20 minutes. And at 8.59 in the morning, the last tile went down, the stores opened on time, and now a year after the renovation, sales are up 15% because people love shopping there longer because of what we've designed. Yeah. So those are the four elements. The exposition, we know exactly where we are and how long ago. We tell the problem in a way that instead of just saying, we're someone who uses critical thinking uh, to anticipate problems, I told a story showing that instead of telling it. See the difference? Yeah. And then, of course, the solution is—you know—the little drama, eight fifty-nine. The last tile goes down. Solution is, it were stores opened on time. And then the resolution: What's life like after?
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's awesome. I'm taking tons of notes from this. <laughs> uh, good. So when when you you know, teach storytelling to people, let's, I I just to kind of frame it in the, in terms of our audience. A lot of our audience are, you know, podcast hosts, so they have their own audience. So, so how do they develop that story to start attracting more people into their audience?
1: How do people attract more people into their story? Is that what you're asking?
0: Yeah. Or into their audience using stories.
1: Well, the better you can define the problem, the better people think you have the solution. That's the first aha. Yeah. So really describe that problem in such a way that people that someone else who, you know, you're gonna have that same problem? Probably. We're gonna to need to rip up the floors in this airport. Right. All right. All right. So now I see myself in the story. I'm no longer just watching what's happening. I can imagine needing that exact same scenario. And that's I think really the big takeaways. Whoever describes this problem in such a detailed way by showing empathy for what's at stake and understanding and anticipating things, and the better they think you are the ones that have the solution.
0: Yeah, I love that. Well, one of the things that one of our last guests was talking to us about this same kind of concept was 90% of the time when, when you're making a sale, it's not your offer. Your offer is hardly ever the problem. It's almost always the story that you're telling uh, when it comes to you know, to, to how you're using the product or how you came to make the product. Right. So Mm -hmm. I love that. I absolutely love that. So tell us a little bit about your book. You know, what do you go into within, within better selling through storytelling?
1: Well, first of all, it's the awareness that the old way of selling just doesn't work anymore of throwing enough spaghetti up against the wall and hoping it sticks. And that, You know, storytelling can be used throughout the entire process. It changes the way you develop rapport. It changes the way you describe a case study. It changes the way you describe the team. And remember, people buy from people that they trust, like, and know. And again, one of the old ways of thinking about that is, oh, well, if people get to know me, then they'll trust and like me. And I'd say the order is reversed. It starts at the gut. It's a fight or flight, we think. Really, Josh, if the, and the handshake was to show we didn't have a weapon in our hand. So we have to make sure that people trust us first. And then it moves up to the heart, which is, do I like you? And the likability yeah. factor all comes from showing empathy, putting yourself in the other person's shoes. And then it moves into the head. And the unspoken question people have there is, well, s- will this work for me? It's, you're describing a solution here. But unless I can see myself in that story working for me, I'm still not going to do it. So that's one of the other big things that people really love in my book is gut heart head.
0: Yeah. Well, I like the the analogy there cuz you can you can really visualize it. You're already using the the story selling mm-hmm. selling selling, right? Yes. <laughs> when like you're saying, I mean, the the buyer has now become so much more sophisticated. They're they really understand when they're being sold to and so you have to really like you're saying, you're getting to their heart and to their head. So when when you cuz I mean, for for you in particular, you work with larger companies helping them to, to get you know big bids or or investors. When you're approaching them about their story, how how does that even apply to them? I mean that they can like how do they use story when they're pitching, like you said, with an architect being able to get a bid for a for an airport?
1: Well, the old way was to just show some slides of here's another airport, here's the before and after. There was no story. So by crafting a story with the visuals of the before and after suddenly people go, oh, it's memorable. And then as I mentioned, you know, the, the team slide is typically I've been here 10 years. This is what I do now by me working with them. I'd say, what made you become an architect? So we'd say, you know, my name is Bob. You know, when I was 11 years old, I play with Legos. That's what inspired me to become an architect. Now I have a son that's 11. I still play with Legos with him. <laughs> I still have the same passion for this project. And then they, Sue says, oh, before working here, I was in the Israeli army. And I learned a lot about discipline and focus and I'm going to make sure I apply that discipline and focus to make sure that this project comes on time and under budget. Well, yeah. now these people are like, that's the team I remember. They told me a personal story. That's who I want to hang out with for the next five years as we renovate the Pittsburgh airport. And that's how you become memorable. And that's the power of storytelling.
0: Yeah. Which in their case, you know, results in million dollar, multi-million dollar deals, billion dollar deals in some cases. Mm-hmm. So that's incredible. Well, tell us a little bit about um, how we can get in communication with you, you know, I'd like be able to see your book. You know, where can we find your book?
1: Well, it's on my website and, of course, on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, wherever you like to buy books. There's a Kindle version and an audio version that I narrated. But if you want a sneak peek of it, all you have to do is text the word PITCH with a P, P-I-T-C-H, to 66866, and I'll send you a free sneak peek to see if, in fact, it's something you want to buy or listen to on Audible. I love that.
0: So you text the word pitch all lowercase or all caps.
1: doesn't matter. Oh really?
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. She text pitch to six, six, eight, six, six. And I'll actually put that in the show notes. Everybody can have access to that so we can, we can see your book. But John, thanks so much for coming on and sharing with us, kind of sharing your experience about selling and everything. I know a lot of people are going to take a lot from this interview, but before we go, what's one last parting piece of guidance you have for us?
1: You know, the old way of selling is always be closing. And Maslow said, you know, if the only tool in your toolbox is a hammer, you tend to go around looking for a lot of nails to hit. The new way is ABK always be kind to the way you talk to yourself, the people you work with, and then your potential clients. And I promise you, kindness with storytelling will make you a revenue soup rock star.
0: I love that. Always be kind. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, John, for coming on the show. And um, so is there anywhere people can reach out to you personally through LinkedIn or anywhere?
1: Yes, I'm on LinkedIn. My website, uh, johnlivese.com. Uh, my email is john at johnlivese.com. So there's all kinds of ways to connect with me on Twitter at john underscore Livisay And on Instagram, <laughs> the Pitch Whisperer. Awesome. Well, I will
0: put links to all that in the bio. And thank you for coming on the show, John. Thanks, Josh. Have you ever wondered which tools top entrepreneurs in your industry are using? Well, I've interviewed over a 100 entrepreneurs and from those interviews I was able to see which tools that pretty much all entrepreneurs are using and we were able to create a resources page for you with all of these tools available to you. So if you'd like to see the top tools and top trainings that we're gonna be offering here at the Lucky Titan, you can go to theluckytitan.com slash resources to see this entire treasure trove of tools and trainings and everything else that you're going to need. So with that, go over to the Titan. NikeTitan.com slash resources.